Welcome to the LifeCast. We believe an extraordinary life is within everyone's reach. By interviewing leaders of all different backgrounds and having challenging open conversations, we aim to fulfill our mission and purpose of helping individuals save years of frustration and struggle, regain clarity and focus to take what was once a wish or a dream and make it their reality. There may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast, so if you are underage or listening with a child, please be aware of this. Lastly, please note that all the views, beliefs, and opinions are not always a representation of the hosts. Let's jump in. So, Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, our host here, uh, co-host and host. Yep. I'm Alex Pushman, a.k.a. Al Pushman. That's Friends good. and family go by Al, right? Phil, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? And I'm, I'm actually from Livonia, Michigan as well. I think you just introduced me. My name's Philip Castellan. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm from Brussels, Belgium originally, but live here in Brighton, Michigan. Um, yeah, and, and you and I kind of had this crazy idea to start this podcast yeah. about a, almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, this kind of evolved, got pushed on the back burner. Now it's just like, screw it, let's do it. Yeah, amen. So um, for me, it, this has kind of been a, this idea of sharing leadership and uh-huh. passion. Yep. Um, about life and just living a life that's, you know, you know that's what that's kind of what this is all about, right? It's called the LifeCast, so it stands for Live Intentionally for Excellence. So it's all about living a life that's worth more than just going to work every day, putting in your, the time at the nine to five, you know, and then basically working forty years, to then be able to live twenty, right? Let's figure out how we can just maximize this right now. Yeah. So that's. Um, kind of where this all stemmed from. And then recently I've been binging Joe Rogan and uh, Jocko Willink on their podcast. And I just said, hey, Alex, we got to do this and let's just start. So, yeah. you know, the first step is always the hardest. Now we got this really cool studio to work out of. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one thing led to another. And now I got cookies. And yeah, now you got cookies. You yeah. know, thank, thank, thank Kristen for that. So um, it was funny though. And I was going to ask you, so like, obviously we met funny we met at church. We did. We and did. Uh, so our, we're with our wives. Oliver was a newborn. Yes, Ollie was a newborn. And uh, we start chatting at church. And I think they were talking about like friends and it was something about relationships. Yeah, it was about meeting new people. Yep. And then we end up start talking. And then you fast forward, we're friends on Facebook. Yep. You reached out to me about the recycling idea. Exactly. So me and Phil first started talking, talking because we had an idea to get a recycling company going mm-hmm. uh, that would basically take recycling and turn a profit. Well, the more and more we got into that, not to say that it's it's not a, a profitable area, but maybe just not yet. Not yet. So um, I, speaking about that really yeah, quick, though, yeah. I was talking to my dad about recycling, I don't know, over the past you know week, week and a half. And he's like, Phil, do you want to know why recycling is not that important? Oh, this is how it, brought, it came up. So I was talking to the guys who pick up my trash. Okay. And I was like, hey, you know, you know, you guys come through here twice a day. I see you first throwing all the trash in, and then you come back through at night, right, for the recycling, but the truck's the same. And uh, he's like, well, that's because it is the same truck. It's going to the dump. We just, you know, make it look like we're picking up recycling. And I, that kind of bothered me. So I was chatting with my dad about it. And he's like, well, Phil, the problem is, is that um, in Europe, the reason that they recycle so heavily, at least in his opinion, is because there's a limited amount of space. Yep. Right. Whereas here, there's an abundance of space. Right. You could literally take all the trash and move it to God knows where in the country. And one state could be dedicated to trash, and nobody it, nobody would bat an eye at it. Yeah. So it's it really has to do with you know geographically where we are, why it's not important yet. Yeah. And, and it, you know I don't know if you agree with me, right? That's kind of 
every which way we try to tackle the idea was like, ah, I don't know if we can make money that way. Yeah, and, and, and you know, our hearts are in the good place, you know, because mm-hmm. we want to do that. And to your sure. point of like where, so what they're doing now with recycling. So I met with this whole company about like investing in the company and went through the ringer. And right. these guys actually have science and they're using it on um, aircraft carriers and some of these massive ships through the military. Okay. Here's the problem. What the machine does that they're putting on these and what it's doing for recycling is you can put basically any form of recycling or trash into this machine and it will basically create it down to the matter in which it it started. So if you had a tire, it's going to break it down to rubber to where you could use it again for... Like like those little pellet grips. It's exactly what it's interesting. And so what's what's interesting though is one of these machines is $20 million. Okay. Just a small price tag. Just a tad. So... That's where technology hasn't caught up where they can take this and then go and reuse it truly right. to where it's economical and financially sound. Right. What you're talking about with like, hey, you know, we're using the same trucks and we're putting the dump, Ann Arbor, right? Twenty yeah. minutes twenty minutes down the road. They're probably one of the more um how would you say it? forefront in regard to the environmental and eco forward thinking. You know, they're forward thinking. Thank yeah. you. They have truly run out of space in all their recycling centers so they're they pay a company to ship it out i think it's like they send it to like somewhere in ohio i can't remember but they're paying to basically remove this recycling it's interesting because they don't know what to do with it they don't know what to do with it and there's not and and nobody's going out and saying yeah i'll go buy a 20 million dollar machine to start right. turning this, and then you got to create a whole thing on. Okay, well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Sell the rubber back to Bell Tire? What are you gonna do? Sell the plastic yeah, back right. to Dasani? So, nothing. There's not a structure, so somebody's gonna tackle it. But anyway, so this is how this we is started. How, this is how it started. This folks. is how it started. We went through this ringer for probably six months, just it was hammering ideas, and um, and then Phil started telling me about his background in coaching, and you know your your time, the small time you spent. Going through the Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to talk about that for a second, and then it led to life, yeah. the life cast, and yeah. your, it was your idea of, and I thought it was a great idea, you know, living intentionally for excellence, and right. here we are. Yeah, so um, about five years ago, I think oh, maybe four. Um, I had this idea that I wanted to take over Tony Robbins' space in personal <laughs> development, right? Like I was, I yeah, was gung ho yeah. passionate about it, and. You know what? That was. There's nobody else really playing in the space like he is, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he adds so much value. And uh, you know, my concern is just in general, right? Like, who's next? Who's gonna Who's gonna take the reins, as you could say? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just loved helping people, making changes, right? All that other stuff. So I uh, I owned a commercial cleaning company before, and I was I had a motorcycle accident. You know, went to one of his seminars, changed my life, and uh, you know, uprooted. From where I was to kind of a consulting role for some network marketing companies and so forth and um, eventually I talked to the mayor pro temp of the city of Brighton here in Michigan and uh, his name was Chad Cooper and he's basically you know one of the hiring coaches for Tony Robbins and um, push comes to shove right I, I impressed the guy he had he helped me go to a seminar uh, called uh, leadership Academy where they basically train some coaches um, it's kind of like the prerequisite yeah then I got the offer letter, and uh, when it all was said and done, it just wasn't something that I actually wanted to go into, yeah. right? Given contracts and all this other stuff, but I have this knack for helping people. Absolutely. So then I ta- started talking to a guy locally named Terry Bean, 
who was all about Motor City Connectors is a networking organization that he runs, you know, was thinking about how can we grow his organization, maybe purchase part of it, right? And that never ended up turning into anything. So it was one of these things like, what can I do to add value? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I kind of, there was this empty space Yeah. and I never found how to really fill that. And then I don't even know how the podcast thing came up, but everybody's going to audio, right? So I, I consume audio books like crazy. I've got a great audible account that I've given out to maybe like 500 people. Yeah. I'm right? one of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, um, you know, that's always been a passion of mine. And then I recently started getting into podcasts and I was like, man, this is, kind of crazy anybody just can get on there and talk and if you add enough value now people want to listen they yeah. share it and you know besides the business aspect of it right you can make a great business out of podcasting but it's more or less what can i do to add value to people's lives what kind of topics can i you know share with with you mm -hmm. and can we discuss and through us discussing it maybe gets a light bulb to turn on to somebody else yeah 100 percent. and you know it's kind of a way for me to live my passion and create a friendship that's deeper with you yep. and through that whatever happens happens yeah absolutely, right? absolutely. So that's kind of how this came and the you know the name life is something i've kind of always played with right live intentionally for excellence so it's just you know the life cast that's I, how this came up yeah and i love it man and, and the logo we got sweet too well mm -hmm. i think so i hope so i, I hope it, i hope everybody I think out there cool thinks logo. too <laughs> I, it's a sweet logo yeah so if, oh, but so no no to, keep going to, to kind of go back right so we were talking about this um podcast right while we were talking about the recycling maybe transitioning to podcasting i realized that it was a selfish endeavor, uh -huh. right? It was really to fill my void. Yeah, and I knew I needed a change, so I signed up for this freaking half Ironman. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I was like 265 pounds. My, you know, my wife and I, uh, we we had one child at the time, right? I got a son Oliver, and then she was pregnant with baby number two. I kind of just let myself go. Yeah. Right. I was always big into working out, kind of bodybuilding, doing whatever. You so had a hell of a beard, though. I had a that. hell of a beard, hell of man. A beard. So the beard was good, but um, so. I, I told my friend Shane, I was like, hey, I got this crazy idea. <laughs> and this was like August 3rd of last year. And he's like, okay, go. And I was like, dude, just the sheer math on doing a half Ironman, it's possible, right? So, you know, if for those of you who don't know, a half Ironman is a 1.2 mile open water swim, right? A 56 mile bike. And then you've got a half marathon that you've got to run. So I did it based on the math. I was like, okay. You know, as long as, you know, we, we float, it was in Tennessee that we did it, but we, we float down the river. It just had to be able to swim enough to get by, <laughs> right? Then you just got to be able to bike at X amount of speed. And then you just got to be able to walk it at four miles an hour. So I signed up for this and, you know, started working out more, going mountain biking more. And it led to a great health transformation for me, right? Like I'm I mean, down, look, I'm down look, to 213. So yeah. I feel I feel great. I haven't even worked out since this Ironman ended. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm going to the gym after this for the first time in a month. But um, it just was one of those things. Hey, I'm going to do something big. Yeah. Decide to commit to something. And yep. the race costs a lot of money. Yeah. The whole race cost me probably about a thousand bucks. Everything all said and done. And I did this, and I was like, man, that's what it's all about, right? Like breaking through and doing something that you didn't realize was possible. Yeah. And completing it. And granted. So you have eight hours and 30 minutes to complete this. Okay, guys, 
And I did it in eight hours and 10 minutes, right? So the math works out, Got right? It. So it was awesome. So, um, but it's just one of those things right now. I can say that I've done something and I challenge kind of everybody who's listening and, and you know, just kind of think about what is your life resume about? Mm-hmm. Because your work time doesn't matter, right? Your family time matters. And when it's all said and done, the stories that all of us love are people who did shit, right? Sorry for my French, but right? People who were like in World War II and they have all these crazy stories of, you know, like these hard times, but looking back on them, they're great. That's what this is all about. Yeah. And what stories are you gonna leave, right? What other things do you wanna do? So that's kind of what, what got this all started. Yeah, yeah. And pushing myself selfishly, right? Now we've got a podcast. Yeah. Right, that's cool. Now, now my insights and everything that I can talk about will be there for generations. Yeah, amen. So that's kind of how this all started and that's my take on it, but yeah, yeah. back back to you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because for me, um, my story starts where, you know, where I started to care about giving back. Right. Right, that, you know, it, it's a similar concept and everybody's got their, their story. For me, um, for me what happened was I had been working in the corporate world for, I'd say, eight, eight years and I worked my way up the ladder I was in mm-hmm. a leadership position and then I started my own company bird mm-hmm. BYRD yeah bird watches and apparel and I'm, it was funny I actually wanted to talk to you about this um, I've been talking to a guy who wants to bring it back really so I got I haven't got a conversation with uh, the old okay. business partner and potentially buy it back off him so what wow. happens is I start this company I got uh, my careers going phenomenal I end up getting bought out of that uh, company and uh, then I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And my, my backstory Isn't is... Isn't that like the, the age-old question? What I, am I going to do with this deal? What, what am I going to do now? And, mm-hmm. and at the time, I was... Uh, let's think about this. At the time, I was 29 years old. Okay. So it's not like I was like a 70-year-old man. Like, hey, what do I do with my life? I'm like, well, what do I do next? And I had this feeling like in deep inside my soul. I'm like, I got to do something that matters. Right. Well, part of... You know, the last couple months, I had gone to a place in Arizona. I was living in Arizona at the time. Mm-hmm. I go to the Foundation for Blind Children. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went there is I had some guys I knew through Grand Canyon University, and we mm-hmm. were going to put this event on, and we needed a charity to give money to. Okay. So I said, great, let's go there. Well, why did I care about the Foundation for Blind Children? Well, my, my mother, mm-hmm. um, and this is before I met Tatiana, my wife now, mm-hmm. my mother... Uh, was a teacher of the blind. Right. So she taught the visually impaired. So my my babysitters when I was a kid were blind. And she did that to show isn't, people. Isn't that a concept? Like the, you got a three-year-old running around, they can't see you. And yeah. But that's just such a, again, one of those things, right? It challenges people's, I think you were about to go there probably. Yeah, yeah. It challenges people's belief about what's truly possible. What is, hey, this blind kid, you know, my mother trusted the blind kid with her child. It's so like, it's hey, lot, right? hey, we can trust them to do babysitting. You can also trust to give them a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what she wanted to say is you, she's showing people that these, these folks who might have a special need or an impairment, they're still capable, right? right? And so that's what the Foundation for Blind Children in Arizona stands for. Right. Their goal is to get these kids who, you know, because half the time when somebody's blind, they turn 18, they start getting disability and they sit in an apartment and rot. Now yeah. I'm not saying it's all of them, but I'm saying it's 80% statistically in the United States. That's scary. Mm-hmm. So 
I go and I said, you know what? And I talked to the CEO. I go through an interview process. He called me up. He's like, hey, um, would you be interested in being the development and marketing director? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, I got a good deal. I'm working from home. I just sold my company. I got some other things I've got my hand in. I'm living the life. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll come check it out. So I get hired there. Um, and, and that was kind of the first touch for me to, to the, the reality of giving back and seeing it in, uh, right away. So then you fast forward to where I'm at now. I'm on and it's an in, addictive feeling. It is. It's very right. addictive. And I'm on these environmental boards. I work, I, I help raise money for a, a bunch of different nonprofits here in the area. Right. Um, and it's, it's opened my heart. So then I started thinking on the tip of, okay, for my professional experiences, People are always like, "Well, how do you, you know, how how do you get to the point where you're you're making the money you are, or you've had the success you've had professionally?" Sure. And this is where I think we have that opportunity to share some of those insights. Right. And uh, you know, life's too short to where it's not just about professional or it's not just about personal. Because right. now I'm starting to get to the point in my career, in my life, where I I don't want my life's work to just be my family, or, and I don't want my life's work to be you know, just this one portion and whether it be finance or marketing or whatever it may be, right. I want it to be something that's together with the passions of my life, you right. know, and to something that you were bringing up about the iron, the half Ironman. Right. So this year, 2018, my half Ironman mm -hmm. was my 45 day detox. Oh, okay. So I, I have, I don't that's think me and you have really told you about the, no. the details of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, Tatiana and I, you know, I told mm -hmm. her, you know, I'm, I'm 34 She's 28, man, you know, man, she's, so she's turning 28, she's 27, about to be 28. And she said to me, she's like, you know, I want to have, I want to start trying to have kids in right. June. I said, all right, great. Well, well, Tatiana, she's, well, we know you're busy this month. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. So she, uh, she's a holistic health coach now, right? but she's also a full-time teacher. So right. she does the health coaching on the side. That's her true passion in life. And so her and I have gone through a journey over the last three years with our diet and really tightening right. things up. So 45 day detox. Okay, tell me what this involved. So we wanted to get ready to have kids. So we're like, we're gonna rid ourselves of all disease, ailments, sure. and parasites. Cause okay. it's pretty nasty what humans have in their body that we don't oh, even yeah. know through food. Mm -hmm. So what it is, 45 days, you know, no alcohol, no foreign substance, you know, any of right. that. Uh, then take it a step further. No cooked food. Okay. So, so no you're cooked food. Raw, at raw everything. Pure raw food. Are we talking raw like like you know how there's that raw diet where like people don't go above like 112 degrees or like not yeah, even that? Yeah. Yeah. So like for instance, we used a dehydrator was like the only thing we used to cook food, and you're not cooking it. Sure. Yeah. So we dehydrated food. Um, but for the most part, it was raw. And, and thank God to her, I wouldn't have made it through without her. Yeah. So we actually went five days, had the biggest fight of our lives. Oh, wow. It was, I mean, hey, I, when we're taking these pills, yeah, I did take 33 pills a day. Jeez Louise. Of like, and it's all herbs. Yeah. That are just detoxing you. Yeah. So we do, we go five days in, we have the biggest fight of our life. She wasn't prepared diet-wise, like the food, like yeah. having actual like meals. Yeah. And I'm like, I got furious. I'm like, you're ill-prepared. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm pointing the finger. I got the worst headache for five days. Well, yeah, of course. It's like all the demons are coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. and they really, we have for the, sure. Like, terrible. So then we said, all right, time out. That Sunday was super. Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, all oh, right, man. time out. Yeah. Let's start time. fresh. 
You okay. know, let's start okay. over here. So I, I go out to Super Bowl Sunday, had some beers, had some for fun. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, went over to my buddy Craig's house. That's a great excuse, right? Hey, it's it, Super Bowl, yeah, tea like, for time, tea let's just start over. So it was only supposed to be a 40-day detox. Okay. So that's the five. Okay. So then I come back in, and so the long story of it is this. No cooked food, uh, you know, and it's 45 days, and I had so much clarity in my life. I, yeah. I, I wasn't fat. I was yeah. in good shape. I'd go to the gym. I mean, you know, I was an avid biker, mm -hmm. and um, I lost, let's think about this. I started at 187, yeah. and I'm 5'10 and some change. Right. I finished at 167, Jeez. 20 pounds wow. over 40 days. And how much do you think that was due to like every like all the villi in your intestines just releasing a bunch of stuff that I was mean, in there. Dude, Most you, people you should see the picture. Did you do like the before after? Like yeah. I actually have abs. I'm like, what you know, yeah, yeah. I, what's You're going like, where, on where, here? Where I didn't know I had that. From? And uh, yeah, so I got abs. Um, I felt phenomenal. And since then, yeah. Because you, you truly, you, you push everything bad out of your body. I was so focused. I was so determined and motivated. Yeah. I did more in that 40 days than I had done in probably two years. For and sure. I'm not kidding you. And, and, I'm, and I've never done one of those, but I intermittent fast basically four out of the seven days of the week. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, man, that period of time, my 16-hour like fast window, towards the end of that, you're so clear. Yeah. Right? And you got all this energy that you don't know where it's come from. So. Yep. I've done a five-day like juice cleanse before. Yeah, yeah, I've done those. Yeah, and that sucked. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, tons of energy and clarity. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I can't even imagine forty some days of this. So it was just great, man, to get out of there and have this clarity. But the biggest thing I got from it is a discipline I didn't know. Right. No drinking. No sure. eating cooked food. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like the discipline I learned from that is something that I can apply to the rest of my life. Right, like you can do something yeah. that you never thought was possible no. and something that sounds quite realistically insane. Yeah, yeah right? it, I mean, it's like, hard, man. Would, it's... Like, unless you're, like, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I went into the Ironman, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I wanna, I wanna get the mental benefit more so than, I mean, the race aspect, the race, I, whatever. But it's that discipline. It's pushing yourself. Yeah, and it's figuring out, okay, what? where's that next gear? Yeah. Because we all have this gear that yeah. that we don't even know exists until you hit this wall. Yeah. And at that point, you have to choose if you're going to do it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So at what point did you hit that? Um, let's see. I would say at like day 21. Okay. I was like, it was right around like three weeks in, mm -hmm. and I like, I, I started feeling that confidence. Okay. Like, I, a, I got this. Yeah. But B, I'm feeling good now. Sure. I'm losing weight. I look better than I ever had. I mean, I got back down to my high school weight, man. Right. I I've never been that light since high school. Yeah. I'd never. I haven't gone since college days. Or actually, my whole life, I haven't since I was drinking gone mm -hmm. 45 days without having a drink. Yeah, I mean, in just the culture I live in, my friends, hey, go have a beer, sure. or whatever. So it's discipline of doing all these things that had become routine in my life. Right. But it was day twenty one, day twenty, day twenty one, and I had the confidence, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I started writing more in the book I've been writing. I've been writing this book for like two years. Interesting. I, I wrote more in that forty five days than I had in probably seven months in that thing. That's good. You know, so it's just little things like that. But kind of goes back to the point of like what you were talking about. You know, if you're living intentionally mm -hmm. for excellence, right? what does that mean? And, and to me, what that means, and when you told me about that, I was like, oh, I can get on board with this. Isn't that cool, dude? I can get That's on board so with this. so deep.
because it's the same thing. If, if I'm walking a path and I have no idea where I'm going, you're going to end up lost. Right. If you're going with intention mm-hmm. and you're going with purpose, you know, it's like that's a life you want to live. Right. You know, what? I, I forget the, there's a, remember, remember the first time we, we did our, our mock podcast? Oh, when we tested and I read, it out? And I read that thing. Oh, yeah. And it's long. And Dude, I'm not going to do so it today. Long. Like but literally, Alex it, is like, hey, I got this really cool quote I want to read. <laughs> Something, and okay, maybe like a couple sentences, maybe a small poem. Yeah. This thing was a freaking essay. Five it, minutes later, I was yeah, like, yeah, it's real. Man, Jesus Louise, but it was good. The, the point maybe of that, you want to say who it's by so this can be looked um, up and we can put it in the notes. Yeah, but. it's, uh, I got to look the guy up. It's like Michael F. something or other. I can't remember the uh, guy's we'll name. Put it in the notes. We'll, we'll put it in the notes. But the purpose of, like, the whole concept of that quote is, you know, when you die, you're, there's no more goals. Sure. There's no more money. Right. What would you leave behind you? You know, yeah. did you leave a nice car? Did you maybe leave, you know, some 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 kids or you know whatever that may be? And don't get me wrong, that's big legacy. But it's how it's the people who show up at your funeral. Yeah, it's the people you impacted, kids, friends, family, and how they feel about you leaving and what you were able to pass on. Right. And so when you start talking to me about the life concept of living intentionally and you know really having intention. For that excellence, what right. is that excellence? And for me, it's like, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to have things that people remember me by and learn from. You sure. know what I mean? And that's that's the real yeah. gift. And I was so I, to kind of piggyback off that. So I was talking with my wife yesterday, and and I was talking about there's expendable energy in everything, mm-hmm. right? And just think about this, right? So every decision that you make sucks energy out of you, right? So you know, everything that we consume brings us energy, but let's just assume across the board, right? We, we live an average life, you know, meaning like we were, you know, regular foods, we're not vegan, we're not paleo, nothing. Like we live the life of an average American. And you want to figure out where are these decisions being made in your life? And are they decisions that you really want to spend time on? So look at like Steve Jobs, right? Or, or Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. For them, it's not worth expending energy on figuring out what they're going to wear, right? So think about if you have to wake up every morning and figure out what you're going to wear, that's now energy that's expended. Yep. Whereas what if you could save that because you've already got a pre-planned wardrobe, right? Or, you know, um, so setting up routines like every morning, do the same thing, eat the same thing for breakfast, right? All these things. And then you look at the energy that you now have, I guess, kind of piggy banked. And now you could use that for other things. So the, the concept in which I was talking about it was like, okay, so you got a business, right? And let's say that you're trying to figure out, you know, if, it, if it's working or not and, you know, all this stuff. You've got a couple of choices, right? You could continue to put all this time and energy into this business and trying to get it to work, right? Or you could say, hey, this isn't fruitful for me and I could continue to beat my head against the wall. Or I could use that same energy redirect it towards something that still necessarily doesn't make money, but let's say your family, right? So rather than using all that energy there and not showing up in your personal life, let's now, in, during this time of transition, put all this energy here mm-hmm. where there is a return. Absolutely. Right, and you can still figure out your, your crap yeah. that's going on then. Yeah. So just this idea of you've got limited resources energy-wise, choose where you use it, Yeah. right? Yeah, I agree with that. And, and you know, that kind of gets me thinking about the, I, I can't remember where I heard this, um, 
but for every minute spent planning yeah. saves you 45. That makes sense. And and I really believe that. I do that every day before I leave the office. I sit down and I literally, and now I use this thing called Wonderlist, which is digital, right? And I love it. Right. But I used to just sit there and write down, okay, you know, I, I had a, a coach. I had a, um, a professional coach for my career right. when I was in Arizona. And her name was Sherry, and she she called it a brain dump. I didn't like the word, <laughs> sure. but I was like, you know, I'll call it whatever. Yeah. But every day before I walked out of the office, I would sit down and I would write down everything that I I I had in my head that I needed to do. Right. right? And then I'd look at it from the list earlier that day, compile it into one, prioritize it. So then the next day I come in, mm-hmm. there's no time spent fiddling around. You've already it. It's, it it's out. laser focused. Right. And then you follow, you know, the back end of that, which would be like something along the lines of like, hey, eat that frog, right? I, sure. I live by that. So yeah. what I'm talking about with that one real quick, uh, great book, uh, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the, the best 21 ways to stop procrastinating and get things done. Right. What he's talking about is Mark Twain had this, this quote where he says, um, wake up in the morning walk out of your house, find the biggest, nastiest frog you can find, sure. and bite its head off. Right. Right? So what he's talking about, every day you wake up, that thing that you've been putting off, that right. thing that's been lurking over you, you're laying in bed, just get it done. Right. Because once you get the, the worst thing done first, it sets a tone for the day. Sure. And it's just getting things done. And these are all tools, right, right, that we've had to put in our toolbox that have helped us be more efficient with our time. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think w- what you were on to when you first told me about this, I was so on board because I think it's so important. Yeah, you know, I agree. Having intention with your life. So let me ask you a question. Sure. What do you think is the biggest thing holding people back from happiness and whatever that might be for different people what's the obstacles what are the things holding people back that you in your personal experience you know yeah so i think so i think um a couple things right number one is um what's holding us back is is our belief that everything we see on the internet as far as status is reality so like um you know a lot of the times right we like we don't like to compare ourselves to who we were yesterday we'd rather compare ourselves to somebody else Right. So if I look at myself, who I am today, and as long as I've gotten better over yesterday, that's a win. Yeah. But the problem is, let's say that you look at your life. Right. So, right. I I live on a lake. Right. Great. I live on a lake, but I don't own a boat. But if I look and compare to everybody else who owns a boat, now I'm like, you know, now I'm I'm somebody who's like, I can't I'm not winning. Right. And I feel like crap. Yeah. But then I look at it like if you look at it logically, I'm like, okay, so I'm in my late 20s. Right. And I live on a lake. Everybody else who lives on a lake who owns a boat is 45 plus. <laughs> right. So it's well, who are we comparing ourselves to? Yeah, great right? point. So great that's point. number one. Uh, number two, I think we're stuck in a consumerism mind. Right. And, and a habit. What do you mean by that? So um, we get attached to things. Right. Yeah. So good example is like um, easiest thing that most people could relate to is hoarding. Right. Like why do you have everything that you have, right? So I watched this documentary called The Minimalist and um, they're extremists when it comes to getting rid of crap. I remember you told me about right? this, yeah. So, um, but really taking a look you know, at your life and being like, okay, so I had, I had these shirts in my, in my closet and I was like, man, I haven't worn these things in forever, right? And 
you know, one of them, I'll give you an example, was this, was this tank top that I, that my friend left when he lived with us a couple years ago. Okay. Right. Great tank top, Under Armour, liked it, never <laughs> fit into it, right? Because yep. it was too big. Yep. But through my journey, I kept it as kind of like a motivation I fit into looks good. There you go. But if I couldn't justify why I had the, the clothes in there, get rid of them. Yep. Right. If you can't justify, I mean, how many people have junk drawers? Right? Yeah, like, I, got, I got two. Okay. So <laughs> why are you holding on to this stuff? Yeah. Right? So that, yeah. that, that all these questions and, you know, so we, we came from basically like a 2,000 square foot house to, you know, we, we moved to the lake, right? Wanted to kind of get a taste for mm -hmm. it before we purchased a home so yep. we're renting. Yep. So the house that we moved from, right, was really big to now the house that we live in is, is less than half the size. Yeah. So, you know, we could pile everything in there and be smushed in like a can of sardines or I could actually look at everything and be like, okay, do I need this? Yeah. Why do I need this? Yep. Right. And if I didn't have a logical answer, okay, you can donate it or do something with it. So um, that's probably number two, okay. right? So first is comparing ourselves to others, not ourselves. The second is being caught up in this idea that we need everything yeah. that is being sold to us 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week when logically we don't yep. and hoarding stuff, right? Just for the sake of hoarding stuff. And if you were to ask me the third, um, I would say the third biggest challenge um, that people have is I think that they, um, we get sold the lie of that um, this is who you are and you know the society and, and people in our lives build a box around us Man, I saying that this is more. who you are and like you buy into that rather than you, you can change right like Think, think yeah. open-mindedly exactly. and being actually open. I mean, the, the, yeah. the biggest thing I see with that, and tell me how you feel about this, is, okay, so my grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. Hardcore Republican. Sure. Hardcore. Mm -hmm. You know, Fox News is all he's watching. Mm -hmm. My yeah. mother, hardcore Democrat. Okay. Okay, which you don't even really see that. Okay, yeah, that's pretty You, you don't see that yeah. a lot. You don't see that a lot. So I see it a lot with politics where people are like, well, my parents were this. And or they religion. You know, and, and, right. and you think you can only think that way. Sure. Right? Here's, and, here's and, an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. How many people get born into a religion? Yeah. Right? And, Great point. And if I ask them, hey, so when did you decide to be this, you know, this faith? They have no answer. Well, my family's this. Well, how do you know if that's the right one for you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so again, right, this, or if your dad's an alcoholic, oh, well, alcoholism runs in my family. Oh, my parents got divorced, or my grandparents got divorced, my parents, I'm gonna get divorced. So this is like belief that that's who you are. Phil, I have right? that, I've had that problem my whole life with yeah. my dad. My dad died at age 34. Yeah. Right? And I was 22 months old. Yeah. My whole life, I'm like, I'm gonna die at 34. Well, not you know, I haven't. You know, and, and I've overcome that. Exactly. But think about that. Yeah, right? So, you, you know, we have these. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do about how other people in our social ecosystem talk to us about these things, mm. right? Mm. So a lot of beliefs that we take on aren't our own and we've never actually thought about it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, not to get political, but yeah. I think that if you look at, you know, the, the political issues going on in this country right now, um, there's two extremes. Yeah. Whereas if you really were to start thinking about these issues, I bet you most people would be in the middle. I agree. But they've become so like identified with this one ideology yeah. that they stay on the right, stay on the left. And but if you go out and just talk to your neighbor, you realize that people are actually really nice, and there's not this huge divide. So <laughs> yeah. I think that, that that that's probably number three. Yeah. Okay. What about you? So give me your top three. Well, you know, for me, I don't. Let me think about this because I know what I think. First and foremost, I think the biggest thing holding people back 
is uh, a victim mentality. Okay, yeah. I, I really believe. So, and for me, that kind of falls into three, right? All, yeah, those. I, I would basically break those. You're a victim of consumerism. You're a victim of, you know, mm -hmm. the mindsets that other people kind of plunge onto you. Yeah. And then I already forgot the first one. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you know what I mean, right? Yeah. It's all the underlying truth of it. You're a victim to everything, and you're you lose control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay, that's a great thing to add. So for me, a the victim mentality, and what I mean by that is, look at our country right now, and sure, and, and I see it everywhere. You could you could play it. Okay, so if you're a hardcore conservative, right? Yeah. There's elements where they have they take a victim mentality on certain things. You know, well, why sure. is everybody hating on Donald Trump? You know, who, yeah, who, who? for sure. You know, then you go to the, a liberal side, right? Mm -hmm. And they're gonna say, well, why, why are you being so hard on the, you know, the, the borders? And did, you know, sure. but then you take it back, and now even our race wars, in my opinion, are are a whole other level because everybody's trying to play the victim card all the time. Sure. And if we all just stopped, took responsibility for our actions, like. You know, sure. I, you know, personally, I think some people are a little bit hard on some of the situations with the police officers. Don't get me wrong. There's some I've watched some video. I'm like, wow, that cop was hands right. down in the wrong. Right. But some of them I watch and I'm like, what do you mean? The, the cop is doing his job. You weren't listening to him. Sure. He holds you accountable to it. You know, it's like we got to get out of this victim mentality where it's everybody else's fault. Well, yeah, because you're not in control. And we got to own up to our own. Think about that. You right. Know? Most people don't think about this. The moment you become a victim is the moment that you lose any control about changing the outcome of this whole thing. Absolutely. So that's a huge one. Absolutely. I would agree with so you. I'd say victim mentality would be number one. Um, I think number two is uh, self-deception. And what I mean by that okay. is believing your own lies. Okay. Which stems from victim mentality. Sure. But it's a totally different thing. And, and what I mean by, uh, you know, basically self-deception is this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You're you're gonna go to the gym after this, right? Right. I'm I'm gonna go to the gym too. Sure. But there's a hundred thousand million people out there who today said I'm gonna go to the gym. But guess right. what? They took the stairs at work, and so then they say, you know what? I I took the stairs. For That's sure. kind of a workout. No, it's not a workout. Right. You didn't work out, but you just believed your own lie to make yourself feel better about your lack of action. Right. right. Okay. So I think when people come up with excuses yeah. to, to not do things or to do other things, and then they, they a-okay it with themselves through their self-deception and their, their bullshit, yeah. um, I think that's a big one. So I think the biggest self-deception that people use is, oh, I, I don't have time. Yeah. Right? I think that's one that most yeah. people can relate to. Like, I don't have time for that. No, you have time. We all have the same amount of time. It's how are you utilizing that time, right? So it's a good... Not making a priority. Right. Um, and you know, those, those are the biggest two in my mind. If I'm really thinking about what are the obstacles holding people back, fear. And, okay. and yeah. I think fear is maybe the juggernaut in the room. Um, cause I go through it, you know, sure. I'm making a transition right now in, in my, my work life where I'm taking a risk, you okay. know, I'm taking a big risk. Yeah. But the reality is that I have, I have, I truly believe in myself. Right. And I truly believe in the people around me, my business partner, uh, the folks at, at my office. I, I believe in my team. Right. You know, uh, but fear. In bo in two ways, right? Fear of success and fear of failure. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Not just like, oh, hey, like I'll fail. Because most people, when they hear fear, it's, oh, this isn't going to work out. Some people are afraid of winning. And the reason I say that is because the moment somebody succeeds. Mm hmm right then typically the bullshit story that they had is no longer valid and that's what most people then have used in the past 
to get that significance in their life. As their excuse. As their excuse. So that's why a lot of people are like, well, if I do this and if I succeed, well, will I still be loved or will I still have the connection with people? So yeah. it's twofold for sure. Yeah, and, and I think with the fear, um, it's everybody, oh, well, uh, you know, now's not the right time. You know, yeah. and you're telling that outward because inward you're scared. Yeah. And that's okay, but be aware of it because awareness is the only way you can ever overcome anything. Very true. Somebody who, who's an alcoholic and says, I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, if you're not aware of it, you're not going to try to change it. Sure. You know, and, and it's just being aware of those things that are holding you back. Because if you, if you have no awareness about them, right. you know, you can't face them. So it, what if you don't know what's holding you back? How do you figure it out? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think there's a couple ways. You got to have a heart to heart with yourself and look at your 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 sure, but most history. People, yeah, but most people who are like that, they have the self deception, and problem. they believe their own bullshit, and they're so yeah. deep in it, they don't know it. Yeah, I would. You know, you could ask other people who are I, close to you so and you I care would, about. I would say that because um, I was. I don't know who told me this, but I was. I was told, hey, send out a text message to like the top ten people in your life, and ask them, what am I great at? What do I need improvement in? This is good. Right? Yeah. Um, what would you trust me to give you advice on? Right? And do you believe that I'm the best version of myself? And if not, what can I do to change it? Damn. Hey, send me that in a text because yeah. so I'm like, about to do that today. You send that to some people and some people won't respond. Yeah. Right? And then you just text me like, hey, I know you saw that. You're right? out of the top 10. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're out of my circle of trust. Right? So, um, but yeah, so you just send that out and then, you know, wait for the responses. And it gives you, you can't be upset with people about it because you asked. Yeah. But it gives you a pretty good indicator of where you are. And also, I wouldn't necessarily ask people who, if you were, you know, to have to switch lives with them, that you wouldn't want their life. Yeah. Right, because if you go asking 10 broke people about something, right, does not that their opinion doesn't matter, it might mean something because they're family, but if you wouldn't change, like trade lives with them, right? Maybe you, don't ask them. Yeah, they probably because they might not have the skills and the, the know-how to help you get where you wanna be. Yeah. And there's a good chance that they might do everything possible to hold you back because they're afraid that if you succeed, they lose you. So it's one of those things, right? Just make sure that you ask the right types of people, not just anybody. Amen, and, and think about it like this too. You're only as good as the company you keep, and that's a great point. Sure, I mean, that's true. That, 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 that those 10 people you're gonna go in, yeah, there might be some from back in the day who maybe never did X, Y, Z, or, or you know, on, on paper aren't successful, um, but they know you as a person. Right. But for the majority, and I, I struggle with this all myself, you know, I'm always looking for like, okay, I need a good accountability partner, Yeah. you know? Um, for personal, professional, financial, spiritual, adventure, travel, you know, relationship goals, like all that. I want accountability. And so if you have a bunch of people around you who don't know how to hold people accountable and don't hold themselves accountable, what do you think is going to happen? You're not going to be held accountable. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's it's the, the there's a, such truth to the birds of a feather, you know? Yeah. Such truth to that. This is good stuff, man. This is really good, man. Um, so well, I got a, maybe like one or two more questions for you, but... Okay. Um, what in life has got you like fired up and turned on right now mm. and why? Okay. Um, two things right now come to my head. The first is that Tatiana and I have decided that, hey, we're going to start having a family. For sure. Um, you got to keep up with me. Yeah, yeah. I know. You're, you're already two ahead. I know, man. Um, my kids need friends. <laughs> yeah. So that, that reality okay. that, um, 
you know, who, who am I going to be? You know, what, what type of dad am I going to be? What, right. what, how am I going to provide for my family? And I feel I've done a really good job of building a foundation to do that, but I'm just, I'm fired up. Right. I'm fired up to take it to the next gear and right. start really kicking down doors in mm-hmm. all facets of my life. Yeah. You know, financially, spiritually, uh, emotionally. I, I want to be strong. Right. When, when that, when that, you know, God forbid, or, or God willing, mm-hmm. that we're able to have kids. And the second thing, having a heart to heart with myself mm-hmm. that I'm in a really good place. But are you all? Am I doing truly what I'm meant to do here? Right. You know, and I believe That's that. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. I really do believe that. Right. And I believe you have to. You know, if if my my first job when I moved to Arizona was going door to door sales, selling golf packages okay. in 115 degree weather in a suit and tie. Right. You know, I had to go through that to be happy about the first job I got, making phone calls, 115 of them a day. You right. know, on the phone for four hours which then led me to managing that, which then led me to directing that, which, you know, and then there's this whole story that's taken place. Um, But I'm just, I'm fired up to do what I'm passionate about. Okay. And I have a game plan. Okay. And it's the first time I've had a game plan to connect all those dots to, okay, you know, how, how, who am I going to be in 10 years? Right. And, and what am I going to invest my time into? Okay. So, you know, having a game plan about my career pathing, Mm-hmm. that I, I finally connected to my passions in life. Right. Um, and, and also, you know, having a family, starting a family off. That's good. What about you? Uh, well, very similar to you in the sense of, you know, figuring out really why am I here, right? Mm-hmm. What am I meant to be doing? Yeah. And figuring out how I can use that, you know, as a way to, you know, not only just give back, but also to provide for my family, right? Like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, Figuring out how I can just live a life, number one, that I'm proud of, but also that I'm excited about because there's so many things that are just not exciting right now anymore. So, you know, my, you know, I've got two little kids, right? Um, And they excite me, right? And I want to make sure that any time spent away from them is fruitful, right? Because otherwise I could be spending it with them. But number two, I also want to create something that, I can give to them because a big problem, right? You could work the same nine to five for 40 years and then you go to retire and you ask your boss, hey, can I give my job to my son or my daughter? And they'll say, what are you on? Yeah. Right? Um, Whereas, you know, when you build something that's yours, if they want it or not, now you have something that you could pass or sell to then give them resources. There's a choice. Exactly. So that's what's, you know, it really fired me up right now. And and I'm, I'm getting more clarity on that. And I think that this podcast and all everything that we're going to be doing here will actually help. Oh, absolutely. That. Yeah. And, you know, so that's one of the things, right? We were talking about fear, right? In the past, we were, you know, talking about the podcast and we were just so hung up on the thinking about it. Oh, the details, man. Exactly. And, you know, just like I said before, screw it. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. And just going with it, seeing where it goes. Yeah. But action is always better than inaction absolutely because we could plan all day right you, you, planning is important like you mentioned but you can also over plan which then you know prevents you from success you know we're both in the financial world right now right and uh analysis paralysis exactly i can't tell you how many people i talk to where it's the best thing for them mm-hmm. period mathematically right and you know they go into this analysis mode and research mode don't get me wrong research is good but what you don't want to do is research to the point where it cripples you to even make a decision you know what i mean yeah so um yeah great point so um 
I don't know how often we want to do this. Maybe once or twice a week. Yeah. The, for me, the more the merrier. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. This is a, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do think that everybody who takes the time to invest in listening to mm-hmm. this yep. is going to walk away, like even today, with some clear nuggets. Yeah. That they can use as a way to measure where they're at compared to where they want to be. Yeah. Probably also get some tools on how to get there, and um, you know. Potentially, I mean, I'm thinking about, hey, how can we bring, you know, guests into the studio to talk about different things and, um, you know, people with experience in certain yeah, areas. So, absolutely. Um, you know, thanks everybody for taking the time to, you know, watch and listen. And, you know, we're going to be uploading this to YouTube. It's going to be on iTunes, yep. um, wherever else that we can put it. Yeah, um, put, on, put on the website. And what we'll also do is we'll also put some of these links, some of this information. Right. Um, so if, if you're out there, and you're saying, well, hey, what, wait, what was that detox Alex was talking about? I'll give you a link to where you can go check it out. You can reach out to my wife who does it, ask her questions. Right. You know, we'll, we'll put some of these resources out, that quote I was talking about that's an essay. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think slowly but surely, right, this will get better. Mm-hmm. And, um, Absolutely. you know, as we get more clarity, it'll just keep getting crisper and crisper. And, mm-hmm. and it'll just be a fun ride. So, um, you know. Take the time and, and invest in us, and, and we're going to be investing twice as much in you. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, I guess with that, I guess we can, you know, end the first episode, right? Yep. Bye, All brother. Right. All right, everybody. All right. Lifecast coming live and direct. Peace out, guys. Hey, thanks for listening for another great episode. Hey, Phil, I was just thinking about something. Where Where can people find us at? Well, they can find us on the internet and on all social media platforms. Really? Yep. So... Talk to me about, what about Twitter? What would that handle be? That would be at LifeCast Radio. Okay, what about Instagram? At LifeCast Radio. Facebook? At LifeCast Radio. Uh, What about YouTube? At LifeCast Radio. Al, it's the same for every single social media platform. Ah, okay, I appreciate that, Phil. I needed that clarity. For sure. Hey, us old folks, right? That's right, that's right, us old folks. Hey, Uh thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Have an amazing day and remember to live intentionally for excellence. Lifecast, baby.